What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And we are previewing, or I should say, we're after NFL free agency. We're looking at the NFC North. We looked at the AFC North. Uh, earlier this week. So if you want to check that out, you can check out that podcast. But we're going to take a look at the NFC North after a little over a week of NFL free agency. And as we talked about in the AFC North podcast, we know there will continue to be some movement, right? Um, but for the most part, a lot of the big free agent trades, that's the big, the big movement has happened. Uh, last week was very crazy. It was one of the, one of the more interesting NFL free agencies we've had because everyone's quarantined to their home, right? So we had a lot of people at home paying attention and created a, a completely different dynamic. So Jamie, I want to start off with the, the Green Bay Packers, right? Who finished in first place last year. Obviously they're, they didn't make as, as many moves as uh, other teams, but Green Bay traditionally, although last year they made a lot of moves, traditionally they don't make a lot of splashes in the NFL free agency. Traditionally, they kind of stand pat. And, and one of the things that Green Bay fans really wanted was a wide receiver. And there were a lot of them. And they got one, but mm, it's Devin Funches. So what are your thoughts on them adding Devin Funches and whether or not Green Bay fans should be excited about that addition? I mean, he is a wide receiver. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> No, look, I, look, I, I, I kind of like Devin Funches, but that doesn't even begin to solve their problem. Uh, I think to me, he is more of a secondary piece that you hope maybe has some upside to be a third or fourth weapon for you uh, as a depth option there. It does not solve their, their issues of finding a true number two uh, behind Devontae Adams. But uh, to me, I, I look at their offseason, and I'm a little bit disappointed because to me, I think it is a downgrade to go from Bulaga to Rick Wagner. Um, not a ma- maybe not a massive one, but I think it's a significant downgrade. Uh, you don't really, again, I like Devin Funches, but he's basically missed the whole season. I don't know how much you're going to get from him. I think he's more of a, a complimentary piece in the receiving core. Christian Kirksey is fine, uh, but you lose Blake Martinez, uh, losing Jimmy Graham or whatever, but uh, at this point, but uh, I just, I don't know. Like I, I don't really like this off season for them so far. Now they have a chance to have a really strong draft and turn things around. I don't think it's been like a horrible off season, but I don't think they addressed their biggest need. They took a big downgrade to tackle. 
Uh, they've taken a downgrade at linebacker right now. I, I just think it's been a, a offseason for them where they're going to need a really strong draft in order to turn things around. I mean, they're still a playoff caliber team by all means, but I, I haven't been overly impressed with what's happened so far this offseason. Yeah, I don't hate the Devin Funches thing. I, I think it's a big, strong guy that runs the comeback very well. You throw the back shoulder stuff. He doesn't have a lot of separation, but he's a big, strong guy. The other two guys we've talked about, Valdez, Scantling, and John Armalis, they can't really – they, they can go deep, but they're, they don't, they're not running the whole route tree. So I, I don't mind that. What I'd really love to see them do is add LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. I think he's a bigger, stronger Randall Cobb playing the slot. I think they've been missing that since Randall Cobb left. And you could do a lot of those jet sweeps. You could get creative with some of that stuff. I think he would be an awesome addition. I think losing Blake Martinez is big. He's a tackling machine. He plays every game. Um, but they added a lot to that defense. They're kind of cap-strapped. They couldn't really do a whole lot in free agency anyway because they were so active last year. Uh, adding four pieces to that defense, which all played huge, paid huge dividends this year. Uh, so I don't mind it so far. I, th I think they've downgraded their team, but I don't think they had to really have a choice. They couldn't pay Belaga to, to, you know, a, a fair market price to stay at home. He had to go get paid. You can't blame him for that, but that's a downgrade. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they got to add – they got to have a good draft. But you still got Aaron Rodgers. And I kind of like the Funches piece as a big, strong guy at NFC North that can block, like I said, runs the comebacks, run a dig. He's not going to have a lot of separation, but he's a big, strong guy that doesn't need a huge window, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't need a huge window either. So, guys, when we previewed this division, we looked at their needs and went wide receiver, tight end, cornerback, linebacker. They added a little bit to that, obviously. They add Christian Kirksey, Rick Wagner, and Devin Funches. But when you look at the draft capital, Jamie, right, they're, they have a pick in the first round. They're at the 30th overall pick, so they're obviously almost at the end. Uh, they have a second-round pick, a third-round pick, fourth, fifth, sixth, and two. They have – three six-round picks and two seven-round picks. So they got a couple of comp picks that are in there. So they got some of these last, you know, towards the end, they got a couple of extra picks that might package into something that they can move up on. But as we've talked about on this show a lot, the Aaron Rodgers contract gets increasingly bigger as this goes along. And their room for making moves and free agency is limited because of that, right? And we've talked about that. We talk about trying to win on a rookie deal all the time. I feel like that's the theme of this show sometimes is trying to take advantage of that window. That window's long gone with Aaron Rodgers. So do you think that they can address some of these bigger needs in, in the draft? Because if you're a Packer fan, and I know plenty of them, they want Aaron Rodgers to have more weapons, period. And I think that there's obviously we've talked about, there's a lot to like in this draft, but they're not in a prime position being their first picks at 30 overall. Yeah, but, you know, I, I look at what Jordan Reed did in his latest mock, and I kind of like the first three rounds where he went. He went Zach Bond out of Wisconsin in that, in that 30th pick of the first round, comes back with Michael Pittman Jr. in round two and Hunter Bryant in round three, which I think are realistic landing spots for all three of those guys. Dress, get, get an edge rusher that can, be, that can play in sub packages, get you that, again, get you a, some help with that wide receiver and tight end positions with some, some raw but really talented players there. I think that would, that would really help them. Uh, Again, I still think they're going to be in search of that true number two pass catching option. It's going to be Aaron Jones again, but finding that true number two wide receiver option for them next year. Uh, again, if Funchess is healthy, he can be a, a really good player for them, but I just I need to see it before I'm ready to say he can, he's going to be healthy enough. You know, We've talked a lot about overall reliance on rookie wide receivers and how that typically doesn't work out for most teams in year one. 
Uh, and I think they have to caution everybody, even with this really strong wide receiver class, that not all these guys that are going to go in the first and second round are going to be major contributors right out of the gate. They might be down the road, but not right out of the gate. So they can address a lot of these positions right now, but I still think a lot of those weaknesses they had last year might be mitigated, but they're still going to be weaknesses heading into 2020. Yeah, I don't mind that mock at all. My question is who's playing the slot? Because I really think they've yeah. had a need since Randall Cobb left. And they need one of these. Jordan Jefferson would be phenomenal. I've seen him fall all the way to 30, although I think he's climbing. Uh, I think he'd be a phenomenal slot guy, although he runs the whole tree. Uh, phenomenal hands. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, I just love because he's built like a running back. He ran a bad 40 time. He's going to drop some. He had the surgery, but he's going to be healthy. He's going to be fine. Just an explosive, dynamic player. They can also go deep and do a lot of things for you, but you can move him all over the place like they did Randall Cobb when he, was, when he was young before he really became more of a polished receiver. I'd love to see him do that. I'd love to see him add a Hunter Bryant, too. I think a tight end in this draft would make a lot of sense. I don't know that he'll be there in the third when they pick because it's almost the fourth round, but we'll see. I mean, I think it also – I'd love to see him package two or three of those yeah, third round or sixth round picks and move back up into, like, maybe the early fourth. Mm-hmm. Snatch somebody there that's, you know, a depth player that's maybe a developmental guy, but somebody they like a lot, maybe a corner you know, a long, tall guy, that one of those kind of things that you could add that maybe needs to develop. But, uh, you know, there's no, they, there's no point in having three six-round picks. They're not, three of those guys aren't making their team. They're, they're too solid as it is. Yeah, they, they're in an interesting spot. They, don't have, they didn't have a ton of cap space. We knew they were going to lose something, but they do need to add weapons for Aaron Rodgers because, man, down the stretch, he, it, was, it was not the most impressive Aaron Rodgers year we've seen in years past uh, from a fantasy perspective and from just a real-life football perspective. But when you looked at the weapons out there, man, Lazard and Geronimo Allison, some of these guys. You're I looking like Lazard, and- though. I think Lazard could come on. I think he played okay down the stretch, maybe, but he's yeah. kind of the same thing as a Funchess, a big old you know, 6'5 guy. That's why I don't like to pick the, the Michael Pittman I love coming out. I just don't like him for them because they've already yeah. got some tall, rangy guys. I think they need that quicker slot guy that's the run after the catch that's kind of built like a running back. Yeah, they've, and they've, Randall Cobb was great for them. I thought they might mm-hmm. uh, potentially have a homecoming uh, this year when he was leaving Dallas. I was looking for that to potentially be a, a move that they made. All right, guys, what is your draft uh, or what is your free agency grade? Jamie, I'll let you go first. Uh, I would say it's a, it's a D plus right now. I, I understand why they had to do what they had to do cap wise and, and additions wise, but uh, I really, I think they've downgraded in more positions than they've upgraded so far. But again, this is still a playoff caliber team. It's not like it's been a disastrous off season, but compared to all the other ones that we've gone over uh, on previous shows, this was the worst one we've covered so far. Yeah. Including the Bengals. I agree with that. I give them a C minus. Yeah. They, they could get up to maybe, a C plus, maybe even a B minus if they hit a home run and they, they get creative in this draft. But I, I don't see it being anything better than a B minus offseason for them. Yeah, yeah this they're still a 10 win team though. Like I mean, sure. I, yeah. I think sometimes people get yeah, really fr- Rogers. Really, yeah. People get really frustrated when you give teams bad free agency grades. This team is still has a strong chance, and by the way, is the current favorite to win this division. So again, everybody relax. And if, by if the way, we would have given them an A last year. But you, yeah. there's no way in hell you're getting a two off seasons in a row in free agency. You, nobody can afford that. The cap, no, especially, the cap is not enough space for that. Especially when you're paying your quarterback what they're paying him, which they should, right. they have to because he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He'll restructure another year. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll he'll see. get all of his money, but he'll restructure. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, 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 Raj. I think I think this division in general is going to be the division we're the hardest on from a free agency perspective. Um, across. Oh, we're the about world. to be. Uh, across the board, I saw, I saw, I think the, the article that I read where I was going through was on CBS 
and no team on this list got a higher grade than a C minus. And the, the, for the worst grade was the Lions. The Bears were just above it. The Packers were just above them. And I think the Vikings were just above them. It was, it I don't was know not, how you give the Vikings anything other than a D right now. Yeah. They've lost everybody. Yeah. Let's yeah. just jump into them. Yeah, so let's talk about them, right? So they're, they lose a lot. I'll go through some of their notable departures here. Stephon Dix, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Linval Joseph, Andrew Zendayu, uh, Josh Klein, Stephon Weatherly, Jerron Curse. They lost a lot. Uh, their key additions won. Michael Pierce, right? So they, they, they haven't, it's also, when you look at this, they obviously add a first round pick, that 22nd overall pick. So to not discuss that in this conversation would not be fair, right? They get the number, you know, they're picking 22 and 25 now. So if they did want to maybe package two first rounders to move up and grab somebody great, or they stay pat and they take those two picks, but they did trade away a, a superstar receiver, right? Um, and they lost nearly half of their entire defense. And we knew that. We told you that when we previewed this division. We told you they were going to lose a lot of these guys because they didn't have cap space, right? So, Jamie, when I just ran through a lot of what they did, um, a lot of what they did was the guys leaving, right? So what are yeah. your thoughts on, on Minnesota? They obviously restructured and extended Kirk Cousins, so that's part of this movement as well. What is your what is your thoughts on on Minnesota's offseason? Well, I have two thoughts. One, this team probably just to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. This team probably exemplifies the value that our offseason cap evaluation shows have because if if you listen to our conversation about the Minnesota Vikings, we went in depth about the issues they were going to have. We told you that Kirk Cousins was going to get his contract restructured and extended, and we told you they were going to lose all of these pieces. Uh, again, it just, it's the reality of what real football and real cap does to an NFL team. And, and I think sometimes people let to lose sight of all of that. Uh, my grade for them would be an F plus. Uh, they get a plus because I do like they got another first round pick back. Uh, you know, but this, is, this was a, it was coming. They had to do this because their other choice was let Cousins' contract run out and not just be non-competitive for the next couple of years, which was not what they want to do. This was what this is pretty much what had to happen. But this is bad for them. That defense wasn't good at times last year, and they got significantly worse ac- across the board. There, uh, I, I, you know, Jordan Reed has him taking Justin Jefferson at twenty-two to replace Stephon Diggs, uh, and the and then the cornerback out of Auburn, who I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce his name, uh, Noah I out of Auburn. I I, I don't even want to insult anybody by trying to pronounce his last name. Again, good pieces that will help them. I lo- I love Justin Jefferson there, but. It's going to take Justin Jefferson a couple years to get to where Stephon Diggs was. And, and that's the hope. And I understand the cap implications of pushing these things out in rookie deals and for fifth year. I get it from, from a cap perspective. But from an on-the-field production standpoint, they got worse in pretty much every aspect of their game. They're going to need – I mean, I look at this team and I go, can you possibly get a better season out of Dalvin Cook? I don't know if you can can you possibly get a better season out of Kirk Cousins? You should be able to. But half. that defense got like half of but, it was pretty damn good. The other half yes. was not so yeah, so So can you get that more consistency? Yeah, over the course of 16 games. So I don't know, but if that defense isn't as dominant as it was 2 years ago, which clearly isn't or even at some points last year because there were times where it really dropped. I mean, that secondary got toasted a lot late in the season. And a lot of those guys are gone, but they're not exactly been replaced by anybody. 
So yeah. the guys that were backing up the guys that got toasted are going to play this year. So I, I, I'm just I'm I'm really concerned that the bottom could fall out of this team because if let's say Kirk Cousins doesn't get that consistency, okay. Dalvin Cook gets hurt. All of a sudden, this is a team that we're talking about maybe being five or six wins. Like I think the bottom for this team is so much lower than the team we just talked about and then the team we're about to talk about in the Bears. I'd give them a solid D. I actually like the Stephon Diggs trade. I think they got a lot back. Like yes. I think they got a ton back, and I think they had to do that because what do they want to do? Zim wants to run the ball and stop the run and play defense. I was expecting to see the defense we saw in the playoffs go to New Orleans all year. We didn't. Jamie hit the nail on the head. Like, they were up and down. But so is Stephon Diggs. He's either hit or miss. I don't mind at all replacing him with a receiver in the draft. I was thinking receiver corner exactly the same in those first rounds. But they got a lot of other picks. The problem is you lost a captain at Everson Griffin. You lost a run-stopping machine in Linball Joseph. Zendehu, additional piece in the secondary. He was depth. They got both guys back. They might have the best safety tandem in football. Uh, they got out of corner, and you could still get one of these veteran guys off the street to come in. A lot of those guys want to come play for Zim. That's not a problem. They still got really solid linebackers in bar. Uh, I mean, but you got to give them a D. They lost five starters off this defense. And it, but I like the Diggs trade. I actually, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the trade. I'm not okay with it. I'm a fan of the trade. I think they, what you got back compared to what the Cardinals gave the Texans. Yeah, it, that scale For is Diggs just, compared to Hopkins, yeah. that's, that, that alone is night and day is Diggs and Hopkins. And you get five times as much. I thought it was an awesome trade. It was a good, I mean, it was a good trade for them. The issue is, as Jamie brought up, you're expecting now if you go Justin Jefferson at 22, you just need to know as a fan, oh, you you're, not getting, you're not getting Stephon Diggs. Yeah. You're not it's expecting not that because you know a rookie's not going to do fans that. Are, we, what, fans are. That's what I'm saying. Fans are fans short for fanatic. But listen to what we're saying. You had to get all those pieces back in this draft to replace all those other guys. Well, Jamie said, you're going dumpster fire rebuild mode, and they don't want to do that. Zim's – So, but that's – that's, I mean, that's, going to be around forever. That's where I think they're in this weird position here, though, because it, it feels like they're, they're retooling in the middle of a window, right? Because they, they can't, they've now lost half of their defense and they're going to try and flip this around really quickly while staying in the framework of Mike Zimmer was on the hot seat already, right? Now yeah. Kirk Cousins went and played and won a playoff game, but they're in this window of time where do they have enough time to, to retool quickly? Because the expectation when they brought in Kirk Cousins was not to finish second place to the Bears last year and the backers this year. Like, that was well, not the expectation. Their issue is that they're trying to prop this window open. The window that was in mind when this all happened has closed. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is seeing you could do try to, to jimmy-rig it and prop it back open and see if you could just put yourself in this scenario where you have a chance. There's enough talent still on this team that on, you know, for three or four Sundays in January, they can compete. And again, when I want to make it clear what I said before of the bottom falling out of that's the worst case scenario. That's if everything goes wrong. That's not what I'm predicting. I expect them to have a winning record next year. I'm just saying their, their potential for the bottom to fall out is great. But the, the window that they were originally talking about ended at the end of last season. The, you had that window. So now you're trying to keep it open and having getting creative 
with what you're doing now to say, okay, let's give ourselves a chance because it still is a winnable division. I don't think the Packers are unbeatable. I think they played over their head last year record-wise. They're still good. I just don't think they're uh, an elite team. The Bears, are, the Bears just are going to probably start Nick Foles, so they're out of contention. The Lions aren't trying. The Lions aren't in their window of winning right now and might have a new head coach by the time we talk about this next year. So th- there are a lot of possibilities for this Vikings team, but that original window, that's closed. And they were good, but they just weren't quite good enough. Like they, they should have been, they should have performed better in the postseason than they did. And there were a lot, there were some circumstances and everything else. And I know they had the, the big Stefan Diggs, you know, miracle moment, but that was their Super Bowl window. And now they're just trying to do anything they can to kind of just like keep that propped open just a little bit longer. I loved this team last year. You guys know I was driving the bus. And for everything we just said, they had all of those pieces. I don't hate them moving forward. Irv Smith Jr., still got Rudolph, still got Dalvin Cook. We all like Madison. Boone played really well. Still got Thielen on the outside. If you add Justin Jefferson, one of these guys, as a rookie, they're still going to make some plays. This offense is okay, especially as much as they want to run it. Still have an elite pass rusher. Still got Kendrick. Still got Barr. Still got Smith. There's as good up the middle if the second levels as you're going to get, they still have an elite pass rusher. They got to get some corner play. We just talked about them adding a first round pick there. I think they'll add some, some depth for some, from some veterans here and there, but I don't hate this team. This is still a potential of a 10 win team if they stay healthy, but they got to stay healthy because they lost all those pieces of those playmakers. Here's my, here's my issue with Minnesota. The bears offense when they played Minnesota last year was probably the worst version of the bears offense. You're going to see didn't beat, couldn't beat Chicago last year. Couldn't beat Chicago the year prior. The year that the year that Jamie's talking about, that was two and a, that was like now three seasons ago where they made the where they thought they were a Super Bowl team and they thought the difference between them going to the Super Bowl and winning and not was Kirk Cousins. They moved away from Case Keenum and they ran it back and they didn't get there. And then they ran it back again next year, last year, and they didn't get there. Right? They've it underachieved with the window open for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Now yes. the window is closed, but you can get in at ten six and get hot. The, the problem with that is Kirk Cousins has to take a step forward and play better, and, and they got to stay very healthy to do that. So that's my question. Do you guys think he has that gear? Do you think there's enough? Because now he's playing with a worse version of his team. Because without Stephon Diggs, this offense, is not gonna, this offense did not get better. And you're also assuming that's, that we get the same Dalvin Cook we got last year with no injury issues, right? So there's the, also that dynamic. I think you get the same Dalvin Cook. I just don't think he has as many touches weeks one through 12. Okay. I think they overloaded a little guy that plays really hard. When Madison's that beast mode we talked about and played really well, I think they yeah, want to get him some touches. And maybe even Boone, take a little bit off. So we're talking about a fantasy point of view. I, I was all in on Dalvin Cook in preseason last year and went all in on him on all my teams, and it paid off until the finals, right? But next year I don't like him quite as much. He's still definitely a first-round pick. But I don't know if you're – you know, I, I took him at four in one, in one league and was really happy about it. I don't think you're going to do that because I think they're going to spell him a little bit. But I don't know that this offense is that much different. Irv Smith Jr. came on, was playing really well at the end of the season. I mean, Stephon Diggs was hit or miss. He was either non-existent or had a huge game. I, I don't have him in elite category. I don't put him in an elite receiver category. He's really good, but I don't put him as elite. I think they can replace 80% of that production from a really good rookie that, that plays well immediately. Yeah, that's we that's we have to see because they're they're a fascinating team to me. I, I don't have really many concerns about them offensively. I mean, I know we're talking about the Diggs trade because that was the biggest thing that happened. My concern is when they're not when that offense is not on the field. 
Yeah. Uh, and because it was a concern last year when they were still very talented, and now that defense has gotten considerably worse, especially in the secondary. Um, their front seven will be fine. Like the, the, I'm not, I'm not really worried about that. But that secondary, despite how great those safeties are, got destroyed a lot last year. They put a lot of pressure on those safeties. Yeah, Xavier Rhodes was awful at times. Yeah, Rhodes was awful. And again, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying Alexander was awful at times. And Trey Waynes was. I mean, Trey Waynes was a little bit better last year after having really rough start to his career. But none of those guys are there now. So it's just a lot to replace. It's a lot to replace. Here, on here's what I like though. If if you tell me. Like Bruce Arians wasn't going to go less than eight and eight, even with Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbard, whoever's playing quarterback. Now, offense is a little bit different than defense, but I know this for damn certain. Mike Zimmer can coach the hell out of some defense. And he can make average True. players play better than they really are by playing in his system. Pete Carroll's done it with five defense coordinators, very similar style here. They can add some veteran pieces that know Zim's how he wants to do things, and he can get it done. Now, they might be 15, 16 but they'll play complimentary football to do that. But they got to stay healthy. The biggest thing is they got to stay healthy now. Got to stay healthy and Kirk Cousins has got to take a step forward, right? And that's the biggest thing here is, as I discussed, when this team lost that game, they moved on from Case Keenum and went with Kirk Cousins in the assumption that this was going to be an upgrade for them. From weeks four or five of last year through 11 or 12, for there sure. was nobody better in the league. He was spectacular for seven or eight weeks. He was unbelievable. He was MVP That's, for absolutely. But half you, the season. But, now, weeks one through four and 12 through 17. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. back from an A-plus to a exactly. B, so there wasn't that same consistency, right? And you, and you know what I mean. It doesn't matter. Weeks one through 17 is not what I'm talking about. They, went, they, want, they want to go further than they did in the postseason with, with Kirk Cousins than they did with Case Keenan. That hasn't happened. Until no. that happens – this will be seen as not being successful because that was the whole point of moving. It wasn't successful. The window is closed. They got to stay healthy and he's got to play better than he's ever played in his life for them to win 10 or 11 games and get in the playoffs. Is it possible? Yes. I, I, what's their win total, Jamie, just out of curiosity. Let me see. Let me double check what their specific one was. Uh, I was thinking, I was thinking Somebody about kill time. I was, yeah, I, was, eight, I was saying eight and a half is, is my yours guess. is eight and a half. I was yeah. going to say eight and a half or nine. That and sounds I'll, about right. Let and me look, the Packers played over their heads. They won oh, more yeah. games than they should have won last year. They were For not sure. that talented, but they got hot and they played complimentary football and they stayed healthy. And that defense nine. was yeah, so weird. Nine. And, and for the, for reference, the, the Packers posted total uh, was 10. Interesting. We'll have we're, to pretty, take... we're pretty spot on with, with Vegas right there. I mean, yeah, I have to take a look at the old schedule before I – If I had to pick them right now, I'd say 8-8, eight and eight, but that's before the draft. Yeah, uh, They're capable of winning 10 or 11. The Packers, I'd say 10-6, and six, but they're capable yeah. of winning 12 again. Anytime you get Aaron Rodgers healthy for 16 weeks. That's, mm-hmm. for, that's for sure. But we will uh, – just to tease the fact that we're doing all these shows now, we're going through all the divisions and we're breaking them down post for agency. We'll also do that post the draft. Right? So that way we'll be able to go back and look at what, what all these teams look like. Because a lot of the teams we're talking about, really specifically, and, and the next team too, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers didn't have a lot of room. None of those teams had a lot of room to make a lot of moves this free agency. I'm still trying to figure out how the Bears did what they did because they had like $4 million and they signed five well, guys. Well, let's go through it here, right? Let's move on to the Bears. So a lot of the reason they ended up having more money is – uh, Leonard Floyd got cut, right? Kyle Long retired, yeah. Nick Williams, Nick Kwiatkowski, Chase Daniel, HaHa Clinton-Dix, Taylor Gabriel, Prince and Mukamara. Prince and, Cl- and, and really Leonard Floyd are the two 
big ticket ones because it was nine million dollars and I think thirteen million dollars. Yeah, those were the big the ones. Yeah. So those ended they, they, up. They were close. I mean, they almost got th- between Long's retirement, Floyd and Namukamara. They were not quite, but they were pushing thirty million. Yeah. Um, which is what allowed them to overpay yeah. for Nick Foles and Jimmy Graham. Yay. So let's if I just walk through all their notable departures. Let's talk about the key additions. Nick Foles, Robert Quinn, Jimmy Graham, Artie Burns, and then bringing back Danny Trevathan. So I think we've t- talked about, obviously, this, this team doesn't have a first-round pick. They have two second-round picks this year. They'll be picking at, at 43rd overall and then again at 50th. Um, they have some picks. They have seventh, two seventh-rounders, fourth-rounder, fifth-rounder, two sixth-rounders. Um, but those, those two second-round picks are going to go pretty, pretty close back-to-back um, at 43 and 50. We looked at their team needs and went quarterback, tight end, interior offensive line, and offensive tackle. Uh, they think they fulfilled the quarterback and tight end position. Uh, what do you guys say? Jake, I'll let you go first. I will start with what they did on defense. I love the fact that they brought back Danny Trevathan. Monster, just dog in the middle to go with Roquan Smith. That is a phenomenal pair of linebackers. Love that. Love Robert Quinn to replace Floyd and his departure. The price wasn't terrible. So I like what they did there. Chuck Pagano has pieces to work with. That defense is not going to miss a beat. I like Artie Burns. I mean, Prince is probably a little more of a savvy veteran, but Artie Burns is a really athletic, long guy coming out of Houston that the Steelers loved. They picked that up. I don't know that they miss a lot at corner there, uh, a guy that plays a lot of man-to-man coming out of Pittsburgh. Now, you flip it over to the offensive side of the ball, which is where their issue has been, and my issue has been with the Bears for a couple of years. Run the damn ball. Not out of the shotgun with RPOs with freaking Nick Foles and Jimmy Graham. I just don't get it, man. I do not get how you give Jimmy Graham $8 million, and I don't know how in the hell you trade for Nick Foles when you already gave up so much for Mitch. And don't tell me that it's for him to freaking have competition because it's not a competition when you're paying the backup that much damn money. It's not. Nick Foles is going to beat your guy, whether it's, whether it's the starter or week five. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I look at this, too. Of like, I love the Robert Quinn edition. I think Artie Burns on a one-year deal is worth the risk. I'd probably – again – all things being equal, I'd rather have Prince of Mukamara, but the salaries aren't even remotely close to being equal. So I, I get freeing up money elsewhere and going in. And take a chance if Artie Burns, who's really a, a guy you can really root for. Go, go check out his story and his background. Hopefully his, he, his one, game Jamie. can have some of the last success there in Pagano's defense. But the offensive side that, I, like Jake, I don't get. I don't get what you've seen from Jimmy Graham in the last five-plus years that tells you he's worth this. I'm glad they threw in a no trade clause as if they, their no trade clause on Jimmy Graham's deal was the amount of money you paid him in that contract. Nobody is trading for him. So now you're paying Jimmy Graham uh, and you're paying, why I've already blanked on his name. Who's the tight end? The Trey Burton that they, so you're paying two pass catching tight ends that really don't block all that well. A lot of money. They don't block at all. Neither one of them can block me. I was being nice. (laughs) I was being nice. Neither one of them would even try to block me. They don't even try to block. They they don't even try. They are receivers uh, I, only, and you need a freaking road grader. I've been saying it for three years. By the way, if, if, that, if you want a receiver like that, if that was just pretend that like none of these other guys could block, if, that, if you bring in George Kittle to catch passes, just his pass catching ability, fine, but you're not. Jimmy yeah. Graham hasn't been good in years. Trey Burton has had one cool play in his life. Like, I mean, these are ones that are just like, I don't get that. And then Nick Foles, which makes no sense to me. If he was on like, let's say this was like the last year of his deal – I could understand it. I still don't get the Nick Foles hype, but I could understand it. But the fact that you're going to pay him for two more seasons plus next year, I don't get it. I don't get what this solves for you. Like Nick Foles isn't going to be the answer. And if he's the answer, this, if he's legitimately the answer for you this year, 
based on his play and not his salary, that's a problem too. 100%. Like I, I just, I don't, I, this makes no sense to me. And I'm just disappointed because I, this is a Super Bowl caliber defense that is going to be hamstrung by mistakes made at the quarterback position and mistakes made uh, by signing tight ends. And it's incredibly frustrating. And I just, I, I don't know what poor Allen Robinson has to do to get himself a quarterback. Like, I don't know. God. I don't know like who he pissed off or what voodoo doll somebody has of him that he can't, can't get a legitimate quarterback to throw to him. Uh, but I just, it just makes me sad. Cause I think this team, that defense is fun to watch a lot of times you can have a good defense that maybe isn't the most fun to watch but they're just very solid everywhere this defense is a joy to watch it is must-see tv when they are playing and then when you give them the ball and it's just a disaster like i just it just their win total in vegas is eight and a half i don't think they get there i'm just i'm just disappointed like i I feel like there was still so much more potential because i haven't fully given up on trubisky yet but now I feel like oh, you have he to. He played good he's times gonna... last year, man. He made strides. And he played good late in the season. Yeah. And I just, but I don't think he's going to get a chance now. I, I and can't... I don't believe in Nick Foles at all. No, so here's, here's where I've landed, right, where I've, I've gone back and forth. And I have plenty of I have friends that play on the team. I know plenty of people in the front office. I call it a panic move, and I stick with it. Uh, I think their plan all along was to get Teddy Bridgewater. It didn't facilitate. And they panicked, and they made this move. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to make it rough for, for this organization is Chicago, very much like New York. The media is not going to allow for this team to cover up if Mitch completely outplays Nick Foles in, in, in training camp, right? And it's going to be the pressure that is going to be on them as an organization to, to not play, to play one over the other is going to be, it's going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to this offseason just to watch that. Because that dynamic and that the coverage and how it's handled and all that is going to be chaotic in Chicago. And there's going to be so much coverage on it. And I am a firm believer, and you guys know this, I, I, I understand Mitch's flaws. But what I know is I saw the best version of Mitch when the offense was run a different way than they ran for the first eight weeks of last year. Go look at what Mitch Trubisky was allowed to do when he, ran, when he used what he is best at, running. Okay, go, go watch how athletic Mitch is and what that offense looked like and what that, what he was able to do, which they completely took away and tried to make him something that he's not. I watched John Harbaugh turn an entire offense around what Lamar Jackson does, right? I'm not saying they're the same, but Mitch is pretty damn athletic. And he, Mitch he is one can, of the best running quarterbacks in the league. I've period. Seen a bunch. Period. And there's no reason why that's not the reason that they run that offense. And once he was allowed to, he played much better, much to what Jamie always says. You are what you are the first eight weeks. Nobody cared about what he looked like in the second half of the season where, oh, by the way, if you watched him play against Dak Prescott, he completely outplayed him, right? It's, it's, that, is, that is what this whole narrative is. But the Nick Foles thing made no sense. doesn't make See, sense That's the problem with it. They were expecting, at all. they didn't want Mitch to get hurt, so they didn't want to play that way. And now you're going to replace him. I'm going to say something that's going to sound crazy because it's happened. You cannot win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as your quarterback. Here's no. why. He won one in Philly. Yes, before everybody gets at me. He didn't play the regular season. Carson Wentz won the damn MVP and didn't get the MVP. And then he got hurt and took over a damn good team and got hot. The problem is, and why you can't win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as your quarterback, because he has to play the regular season. He has sucked everywhere he's been in the regular season. He has two phenomenal freaking runs. And, and backing up Carson Wentz with that team that he knew well. You, if you're Chicago, you, it's, it's that or bust with that defense. 
We all love Montgomery. Like if, if the Bears had a healthy Vance McDonald and you signed Jimmy Graham, I, I'm not for that money, but it's the same thing we said. I love the Ebron addition with Vance McDonald in Pittsburgh. The problem is they don't have that road grading dog tight end to run the freaking ball. I like, I like your analysis, Paige. I love, go with it. If, you, if the whole thing with Trubisky is why you don't want to run the read option and some of the stuff he's phenomenal at is because you don't want him to get hurt. But now you're going to replace him with Nick Foles? And run that crap anyway. Yeah. you got pieces. Anthony then, Miller, we talked about last year. I, I love, love his yeah. freaking nails, Stunned. man, in the slot. Gabriel's okay. And Allen Robinson's solid. I don't, I don't know how you don't just build around that play action like a mother. It, 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 do, it doesn't make it. What they did this offseason, I can't describe it any other way than a panic move. I, I feel like they, they panicked. They felt like they needed to bring somebody in to compete with Mitch or to, be, or to be better off than Mitch. And I, I truly believe there were a couple of options that they could have gotten that would have been an upgrade instantaneously. I think and Teddy Bridgewater if, was one of them, and well, it didn't sure. happen. But even if not that, I think that the low-key thing that's bothering me here is that it's one thing to say, because look, look, I think Cam Newton's done. We've talked about this on the show. I don't think he's healthy. And I know, and, and, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the NFC South because I feel like there are two different debates happening because you have half the people that think Cam Newton is the Cam Newton from four years ago and half the think he's the Cam Newton we've seen over the last two years. And we're not speaking the same languages. But that will save that for the NFC South show. My concern is, is that if you bring in a guy like that or you bring in somebody else on a one-year deal, if it blows up in your face, you can get out of that contract and Mitch's contract Thank after you. this coming season. And it's over. If you don't pick up his fifth-year option in May, it's over. You can say, okay, wipe our hands. This was a disaster. We're starting fresh. You can't really do that right now. And I know there are some potential outs and you can get creative with Nick Foles' contract after this year, but you're basically signing on to, A, you've given up draft capital, and B, you're signing on for possibly two more years of this. That's my yeah, you got dead money and, if you try to get out of it in any way you cut it. That's what I'm saying. So you're basically signing on for either more dead, dead money and draft capital or for two more years of this. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. To me, if, if this was, we, we need to know, we're, we're not going to pick up Mitch's fifth-year option. We need to know, is he going to be our guy or not? One year, we're going to push him, we'll bring somebody in, then bring somebody in on a one-year deal to push him. Like you, you, are now, you are now handcuffing yourself in some ways for multiple more seasons, whether Mitch is your guy or not. Like, and the, the defense the, is locked up for a while. Yes. Like, this yeah. defense is going to be damn solid. Here's my problem with it. And the only thing I'll give them credit for they know Mitch isn't the guy if they're doing this. Or this coaching staff. Because yeah. Pace, Nagy, they put their heads on the chopping block with this move with Nick Absolutely. Bowles. Period. End of story. And it could be this year if this blows up in their face. I don't, I don't see anybody being patient with this if they go 6-10 and 10 and have bad no. quarterback play. And Pace did it when he moved up to take Trubisky. But I'd give this an F minus, 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 minus if they hadn't done what we talked about to start this which was Robert Quinn, bring back Trevathan, and Artie Burns. I'll give him a solid D because I hate what they did on the other side of the ball. I hate it. Yep. Jamie, you're great. Yeah, D. Um, again, it's unfortunate. I, again, we talked about the two signings I really like, but just the, the Graham signing was a disaster, I think, and this Nick Foles trade is a disaster. I just, I just – I'm, I'm just disappointed. And, and I know $31 million dollars a year for the next two years for Nick Foles and Jimmy Graham, and you cannot I, get out of either one. I just, I, I don't get it. 
I really don't get it. And to me, it's it's a shame because I think that if you if you take the quarter, I guess you take the Jimmy Grant sign, but you also if you take the quarterback and tight ends, and you can't do that. But take and again, the quarterback is not the position you can mess up. I un, trust me. But if you take the quarterback and tight end stuff aside, so you take the Graham, you take the Trey Burton deals, you take the trading up for Mitch, you take the trade away from Foles. The job Ryan Pace has done has been phenomenal. So good. But those warts are so large that it's going to potentially cost him his job very soon. And that's which, disappointing. It's, which sucks because I think he, he has the ability to be a really, really good JM. He's done a lot of great he's stuff. Done it, he's done Look, it's like walking down the, like the sidewalk in South Beach and you're like, damn. And she turns around and you're like, damn, no. It's it is this like they're their ultimate butterface, right? This is this oh is my God. that's what he's built is the ultimate butterface. Yeah, yeah the butter am, butter QB. I am because it everything is phenomenal other than tight so end and freaking quarterback. It's the best analogy I've ever heard <laughs> to describe this situation, and it's so funny. Um, but yes, this the what they've done defensively. I know Bears fans, this will sound similar. A Super Bowl caliber defense with not a great enough offense to get it done. It's not. It's not like we've ever heard that before. They got the pieces. Oh, I know. Montgomery, Robinson, Miller, Gabriel. I like the pieces on offense, minus the tight end and the guy that's throwing it to all them. And their offensive line is going to. I mean, they were not the same without Kyle Long. So that's we got to get into what they're going to do. This draft has to has to include corner has to include interior offensive line and potentially tackle yeah I mean those two second round picks maybe they package them up to move up and grab one of the better guards that's available right or one of the better tackles that's available for the for that I don't don't know you'd have to move up I think inside 14 to get one of the top four tackles I think you can get either one of the guards there's there's three really good guards I think you get one of them the second round pick I think you stay pat maybe one of those corners falls to you in the second round it's yeah, it's gonna it, be it, tough. Sorry, Although, I mean, you still got Fuller on the other side, right? I mean, you got yeah. Artie Burns and Fuller. You don't necessarily have to go corner here. You did lose Ha and Dick, so you are you, you're lacking safety depth. Well, and, and safety and inside off offensive line is where Jordan Reed has them going in the second round, taking him Cesar Ruiz uh, out of Michigan at forty three, and then at fifty taking Kyle Duggar. Uh, this the, the safety so yeah I like uh, that. I, I'm with Jake if you if you can get one of those guards you can get a secondary piece there keep those two second round picks they're still again technically two top 50 picks so you're going to get contributors to that spot again this this defense is in good shape especially if they if they can you know add some pieces to that secondary but that's not going to be their problem it, it isn't and we all know what the problem is going to be yeah. The, the damn defense is going to be out there too much like it was last year. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think – Which, Jake, by the way, their defense was better for the majority of I last know. season than the year before that. Like, I think people forgot because they didn't – they weren't as – I don't know, if, maybe because they already seen it before, so people no, weren't as excited. because that razzle-dazzle BS they did for the first 10 weeks where they were actually winning games with it that fell yeah. apart late. You forgot about that defense because it was like, oh, yeah. this defense is never out there. They're awesome. Khalil Mack's going crazy having nine sacks and, and four first four, four fumbles in a game. They didn't have the splash plays last year because they were out there so yeah. much, but they were yeah. better. Yeah, they gave up less points per game last year than they did the year prior, right? They, they Statistically, they had a lot of and, – and we talked about this. We like Chuck Pagano. We know what he was going to bring defensively, and there wasn't this huge drop-off that everybody potentially expected because of the quality of the If you expected staff. a huge drop-off, you didn't listen, you didn't listen to the show. Chuck Pagano was just going to blitz more than Vic, but he's a damn good defense coach. I mean, we, yeah, we told you they were right. going to be damn good on defense. Yeah, it's just the the issue is what Jake said. The indicator of them making this move with Nick Foles means to me 
that they have no faith in Mitch, right? Because otherwise, I don't know why you make this move. And if that's the case, this is, it's just a problem. It's, it's, a, it's a big problem. And, and I think there's been a lot said about Matt Nagy not really being open to, because he did not draft Mitchell Trubisky, right? So there's been a lot of discussion about him not really wanting to move forward and him being excited about Nick Foles. And listen, I will never, ever, ever be happier to be wrong. I hope I'm so wrong about all this, but I don't think I will be. And I think we're going to be potentially talking about. You ever watch Nick Foles play a regular season game? Yeah, I have. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, don't think I'm. I don't think. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. All right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions. Um, finish. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, they had quite a few departures, quite a few additions. So I'll run through uh, some of their additions. They had Vitae, They had Jamie Collins. They had Danny Shelton. They had Nick Williams. They had Chase Daniel. They had Desmond Trufant. They had Jerron Harmon in a trade, and they had Jerron Curse. Some of their bigger departures, obviously the Darius Slay trade, um, Damon Harrison, Rick Wagner, Graham Glasgow, Sean Robinson, Jeff Driscoll, Rashawn Melvin, and Sam Martin. Um, they're, they're doing the, uh, the refresh, a couple of those names you've heard for Patriots uh, before, a couple of those guys moving on and playing again. Uh, whether or not that works out, that's to be determined. The Darius Slay trade, obviously we've talked about uh, a little bit, but there's it's it's pretty they they only get a third and a fifth round pick right and, and Darius Slay is a top Stud. tier mm-hmm. top five version in his position so to, they didn't you know they got some draft capital but they didn't get a first or a second um, they get a third and a fifth round back for him so it's hard to imagine that they're going to be able to replace him right away. Although a lot of people have them going Jeffrey Okuda in the first round at that third overall pick. So their needs cornerback linebacker edge, Jake, what's your initial uh, reaction to what Detroit's done this off season? My head's spinning a little bit, to be honest with you. That's a lot of additions and a lot of departures. Yeah. Uh, some of which are big. Uh, Darius Slay moving on was an unhappy player, but he's a damn good player. True font can play. And if they do draft Okuda at three, I'm fine with them moving on, even for the third and the fifth, just because they moved the contract. Glasgow's big. Those are your best offensive linemen. Uh, Wagner's whatever. But they, Danny Shelton I like because they could not stop the run last year at all. But he's only a two-down player. Jamie Collins plays all over the place, super athletic, knows the, off- knows the defense very well. Uh, they, they're bringing all these guys in from New England. I'd give them a solid C. It's a lot of departures, and it's a lot of additions. Uh, I like some of the additions. And they're going to miss, you know, some of the guys that they lost. But overall, maybe even a C plus. Um, I just don't know. My thing was like it was the time to move on from Matt Stafford, and you couldn't because all the dead money we talked about when we looked at it. I mean, you're sitting right there. You could take Tua, and they can't. They can't start this whole thing over again. And I think that's maybe the only thing that was going to save the GM head coach's job anyway. It was starting over again. And it's not only that, it's, it's, we talked about the benefit of, of a rookie quarterback playing on a rookie contract. You would essentially, the way the Stafford's contract works, you would essentially not have that for two of the five years of the rookie contract. And I think that's the problem. Like if you take two of there, you're still going to be paying Stafford that next year. And if you, even if you cut or trade him, you're still going to be paying a lot of money. So you're really only getting three out of the possible five rookie year QB deals, which again, eliminates a huge factor for them. Uh, I'm with you, Jay. I'll give him a solid C here. I don't think they had as bad of an offseason as I guess the the one thing that uh, the one report that Paige referenced gave them. I think they had a hell. C the worst wins team. the division. 
Yeah, like I don't think they like I like Vitae, I like Collins and Shelton. Love Vitae. I'm glad you said that. I knew there was one I was forgetting. Chase Daniels that. is a solid backup if if Matthew Stafford's back acts up again. Um, I mean, I, I I'd like Desmond Trufant. Yeah, losing Darius Slay hurts a lot. Uh, and I wish they were going to get a better return. But if they're going to get Jeffrey Okuda with that third pick, like I again, they're not a team that's going to do anything next year. Um, unless Stafford just goes off and stays completely healthy. But even then, I think you're still asking a lot of that defense. Uh, I think they're going to need to add another running back in the draft. Um, I think on Johnson, I don't know if he can shoulder the full workload. I think you need a more pass-catching back. We fantasy owners know uh, the, the masterpiece of mediocrity that happened in that backfield last year when everyone rushed to pick up Ty Johnson, and then it was a Bo Scarborough yeah. and all of these other – who's that one? Wes Hills for one week and all these <laughs> weird guys that they were throwing out there. Uh, look, they're, they're not competing yet. They're, they're, still, they're still on the downward slope for a little bit, but I thought they had a pretty decent offseason. Sands, again, losing their best defensive player via trade. I'm still trying to figure out, right, and I keep going back to this, but – in 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018, Jim Caldwell goes nine and seven and nine and seven. And then they fired Jim Caldwell, who had a 36 and 28 overall, so a winning record, right? And they go to Matt Patricia, who's now gone six and 12 and then went three and 12, or six and 10 and then went three and 12 last year, right? So moved on and went to Matt Patricia. I don't know how long is the leash here, guys, because I know that we're That's talking it. that like this has to be the last hoorah and why we talked about them potentially moving on from Stafford. And then we squashed it because of the contract is it buys you some more time if you're Matt Patricia, but he can't do that. Right. Yeah. They can't, they're not moving on from Stafford. They're playing Stafford this year. They have to. Which by the way, we all love Matt Stafford. Oh, I would love for I mean, him to get This is not a knock on Matt Stafford no, at all. It was I just love for them Matt to do something Stafford. else. And it was probably the best way for the GM and head coach to save their jobs because this is it. And they're not winning more than six games. And that's if Stafford gets hot, who we love. And Marvin Jones Jr. and Galladay, like, they got some pieces. on Johnson stays healthy. They can run it. But they lost Glasgow, lost Wagner. Bring in Vitae, we love. But I don't know that they added enough. And they, I don't know they definitely didn't add enough. Like, this defense, you, you were porous against the run. They were absolutely horrendous against the run last year. Shelton helps, but he only plays first and second down. Jamie Collins is getting old. He plays all over the place. He's athletic. We, we talked about it. I, mean, I just – I don't know that you add enough. Now, do you want to play them if they draft Akuda and he plays? Because a corner, you can step in and play good. And this mm-hmm. kid's a stud. Yeah, he's you got really Trufant good. across from Akuda. There's going to be some picks there. So, I mean, I, I don't know that's a team you want to play because Matt Stafford can get hot and light up anybody. But I still don't see him winning more than six games. This whole division is kind of like the AFC South last year. They're all yeah. bunched it. They're all bunched between six and ten, eight and eight, ten and six. Somebody will bounce out and win one, and somebody will fall off because of, of health. Um, but they're all pretty close. But I think they win this division all season with a with a solid C. Jamie, what are you what are you giving the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I, I agree with that C. Um, you know, it's one of those ones where it's tough when you have these teams that you know are not going to be competitive, and, and you know they had a solid off season, but it's not going to. You know, I don't think it's going to matter long term. Uh, I, I can't. You know, I just can't twist myself in enough ways to see them being a playoff team, even if everything goes right. I know as much as I do like Stafford, there's just – I can't – that defense is still not good enough. I still don't think they run the ball consistently. Uh, and, if you can't, and if you can't run the ball with Deborah Barrel trying to call plays to run the ball, then you're just not going to be able to run the ball because there's not going to be a reluctance to try. Uh, so, I, I don't know. It just – 
unfortunately, they're stuck in this spot now because of the way Stafford's contract is structured for them. Even though he's worthy of being a starting quarterback in the league, they and by can't the way, move, it's a pretty team-friendly deal. They just can't move on yeah. from it, right? They like, just it can't move on. It doesn't kill them from making other moves. It's just they can't move him because they eat all that dead that dead money. It's actually a pretty cap-friendly deal for the team. It just it's, sucks. It's not the it, word. Next year it jumps, I think, to thirty something. But it's it's not the worst thing ever, especially for this year. They could have made more moves. No, it yeah, just sucks. Just, it, it sucks looking at Matthew Stafford and what a window looked like, right? And he's still in a window, like he's still, but he's coming off a big injury again. Uh, this offensive line has not held up for him, and that guy is a super talented guy. But I think we're going to be looking at this team probably another head coach coming in next year, another new offense, an- another new system. And you're going to have wasted a time where it wasn't that long ago you had Matthew Stafford throwing a Megatron, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Detroit. And you had like it's, and I know Detroit fans, man, I, you talk about a, a scarred fan base. They're one of the most scarred. It, it hasn't been good. But you moved away from a winning coach to get Matt Patricia, and it hasn't, he hasn't been a winning coach yet. So I don't know how long his leash is. Like, I, I'd love to know, if, for him to keep his job, what does his record need to be this year? Jake playoffs yeah playoff playoffs and nothing else comes out about him that Darius Slay said yep. no other players yeah. come out and there's no rumblings in the media and there's no local beat writers going hey I've talked to five other guys that don't want to go on the record but Slay was spot on this is how the locker room feels because locker room feels that way it's going to get upstairs and if that's the case there's no way they win 10 games to make the playoffs which I don't yeah. think they can do but I don't they don't make the playoffs and there's no other rumblings he's done they're both done their package, their New England West. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah, I think that they have to be flirting with at least eight and eight, uh, and then nothing else coming out. But you know, look next year, you have a you can still incur a big dead cap hit whether you trade or cut Matthew Stafford, but you at least save some significant money. I think you'd save up to fourteen or fifteen million still, even with the dead cap hit. So you might look into going to next season with a new head coach, maybe a traded Matthew Stafford. And saying, you know what, we're we're now we have hit the quote unquote rock bottom, and we're going to start climbing from that point on. Yeah, because Paige, you hit the nail on the head. They can't say this is what we are left. It's going to take more than three or four years to build this. Jim Caldwell, nine and seven, nine and seven. That's exactly right. They were right there, and, and Stafford's been to the playoffs, so they were there. You can't say that the the cupboard was empty, and this is what we got. You lost. Sure was not twice as many games as you did the year before. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I find this case so fascinating is because a lot of times we talked about the same thing with the Kirk Cousins stuff. The grass is not always greener on the other side. You make a move and you have to live with that move because the move you made made you go 6-10 and 10 and 3-12. and 12. When you had two back-to-back winning seasons, two years in a row where Matthew Stafford beat Aaron Rodgers, okay? They had two years in a row where Stafford went into Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers. They were competitive. Now, they didn't win the division, but they were also in a time period of Green Bay being unbelievable at the time. And they probably could have made something happen if they left things. And I, I told you guys, Jake, at the time, it was just you and I doing the podcast back at our fan rag days with shout out Chris Schubert. But at the time, I remember us talking about this and going, eh, the, the, the locker room is split here because the locker room was not happy about firing their winning coach to move on. And, and a great guy that they all liked and respected. Exactly. Which apparently, the rumblings are is not the case right now. And I've met Matt. Matt seems to be a really good dude, but I don't, I don't know. I've never played for him. I don't know what the locker room is like. But if there's any more rumblings of what Slay is saying, and they're losing 
at all. I, they, there's no way they go eight and eight and he keeps his job if there's any more of this stuff going on. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. It's, it's going to be – this is going to be an interesting team to pay attention to. But I agree with your analogy earlier, Jake. I think this reminds me a lot of the AFC South last year where you're looking and you're going, eh, they're all kind of together. There's not really a big gap between the bottom and the top here um, because there wasn't a lot of movement at the top, and we all agree that they overperformed in Green Bay. Chicago's probably going to stay around 8-8 eight and eight where they were last year. Minnesota could be about the same, and Detroit could be 6-10, and 10, right? And I think we would all be pretty – that, that's a probable outcome. I think all of them will, will, will be within two games of what you just talked about. Yeah. I mean, you, all the national pundits are going to look, well, Green Bay went to the NFC Championship, and they, but they didn't, they're not talking about what they saw week to week. They were solid. They just oh, they outperformed with a really, really solid defense at times and a really bad defense at times. They were yeah. like that. I mean, they were up and down. But they got Aaron Rodgers with no yeah. weapons. He still played really well, yeah. and they ran the hell out of it. Aaron Jones was phenomenal last year. Yeah, and, and Green, Green Bay's defense was the reverse Tampa Bay. Everybody yeah. decided they were the greatest yeah. thing of all time after the after four or five really strong weeks, and they and they they dipped for a while. But look, the, the, again, there's there's a lot of solid teams, but it's like the Packers are going to be a solid team, but I, I, they're not a thir- they're not a thirteen win team. They weren't a thirteen win team last year. They might have won those that many games, but on paper they weren't that team. No. Uh, so again, probably going to win the division. Really good, but. I think we're, and I think I believe Vegas has the the Lions at like five and a half for the wins. I think Vegas is spot on again. Five or six wins for the Lions. I think you're around eight wins for Chicago. Nine and seven for Minnesota. Ten and six for Green Bay. I mean, again, without knowing what the injury situations turn into, I think that's those are very reasonable uh, spots for each of these teams to be in. Yeah. Pre-draft, and I think one thing we're going to see in the draft this year, and I don't know if it's just because of the landscape of free agency and so many big names moved. So maybe teams aren't as scared to move a big name. I think there's going to be players traded for draft capital day before on draft day and maybe even day two. I think we're going to see players changing hands. No workouts. It's just weird. Everybody's kind of staying in. Nobody's even in the office because they've closed down a lot of the complexes uh, with everything going on. I I think there's going to be some other stuff. So these are all pre, they were pre free agency. Now they're post free agency, pre draft grades. I think some of these teams could shock us and do some big stuff going in this draft. I hope, I hope some of them have the balls to do it. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be able to look back and give you the total package afterwards, right? Because a lot of these teams, we're going to look at, okay, what was your roster and what was your record last year? And what does your roster look like post the draft? And what do we think you're going to be this year? And if you got better, then you're going to have a good grade. If you got worse, you're not going to have a good grade. That's how this works. So yeah, there's, there's one other thing to note, Paige, is this weird schedule we're going to have is, one of the things of the old collective bargaining agreement that the players union got wrong, and we've talked about at nauseum is the rookies get to stay in practice yeah. and meet with the coaches. Nobody's going to do that this year. Mm-hmm. There's probably not going to be OTAs. We're probably going to go straight into training camp and maybe training camp gets a, an extra week because nobody got OTAs. But now you're talking about rookies that miss four months. Yeah. Right. And how many of these guys are going to come in, Working with, working with their own strength and conditioning coach, and they run in a straight line all the time, and they pull a hamstring the first day of training camp, second day of training camp, miss all of camp, and they're not healthy two weeks, four or five of the season. There's going to the, the rookie – my whole point is the rookie learning curve is going to be a lot sharper and a lot quicker because they're not going to have – I mean, you had guys, rookies, taking veterans' jobs because they were there for three straight months working out with, with strength and conditioning coach, meeting with their coaches, learning the offensive defense finding out that, hey, these guys are vital and we're saving two, three million on the cap. Let's go with the rookie over the veteran because they're here every day. Nobody's going to be there this year to learn that. And these rookies that all these teams are counting on for the draft 
why free agency is more important than the draft is because that learning curve is going to be so shortened because of everything going on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good point because you, people don't really realize how much, how much, one, we talk about that learning curve. That learning curve is going to be crazy this year without all that extra time with their coaching staff. It's going to be, you're asking a lot of a 21, 22, 23-year-old to come in and be ready to rock. Now, there's a lot of this stuff like we're doing right now on Zoom where you have video conferencing and guys are sitting there and I've talked to my dad. He's like, it's almost like you can, you can set it up now that you're almost like in the room with them, but you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is like, you're not getting to hang out and talk to them and get to know them personally outside that meeting that you can't do like this. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's just different. It's, it's just not different. the, yeah. it's not the, it's not the same and you're not going to end up spending the same amount of time because if you're sitting down, hanging out with your coach, BSing and getting to know that person, you're going to hang out. If you're on a video conference, it's going to be like, all right, well, we're going to meet from nine to 10 or we're going to meet from 10 to 11 or whatever. It's not going to, it's just It'd be really interesting to see what happens too, that if the league stops all these guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers and Carson Palmer back in the day, like they'd have four, their five or six receivers and tight ends and running backs. They'd like meet in California yeah, and they'd have their own like passing camp, right? They'd all hang out for a week. They'd bond, they'd do their thing. They'd get their chemistry going. They'd throw a ton. I don't know that the league's going to allow that either. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like some of these rookies and these receivers that we're talking about making impacts immediately, it's going to be tough. Yeah, because look, the stars will be able to do it because if the, the the worst league can say is, well, fine, if you get sick, your team can cut you. No one's cutting Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> I mean, the stars will be able to get away with a lot more than the rookies and some of these other guys. The interesting thing to me, and this is going to go back to knowing the type of person that you're drafting, how many of these guys take advantage of this extra time to get those mental reps in so they walk into training camp knowing the playbook like the back of their hand so at least when they start camp they're going to be behind physically but they're not behind mentally i want to say because it's going to be very interesting to see who takes advantage of that even that's so tough though jamie like you can study but making mistakes at full speed in practice and having coaches yell at you and then break down the film afterwards here's where you went wrong you open this foot this this first step to the right and you lost now you can't catch up Here's how we got to change yeah. that. You can mentally learn the playbook, but until you're out there going full speed and practice and screwing it up and going, oh, and then you do it right and it clicks and you don't mess it up again. That's the part that they're going to miss that you get from OTAs yeah. when you're in shorts and helmets, right? You're not, there's no contact, but all those reps of moving full speed, right. spacing on the field, all those things, it's going to be tough. Like I, you're exactly right though. The guys that, if you're not making that mistake, you're making other mistakes because you didn't, you weren't in the playbook and you don't know it all. Now you're up against the wall, man. Now you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, that's where those uh, – if you, if you haven't been watching one of the great series uh, that I've been paying attention to, the Indianapolis Colts have been doing a draft series. It's been really, really good. Um, and they have a director of character that is a former uh, military man, and he talks about his different – the way he breaks down an interview process, right, and how all the people in the, in the team now come to him about character evaluation and the type of man the, the player is and all this stuff. And I think it's super interesting, and I think it's going to show more than ever before because when, when guys have free time, when people have more ability to do what they want, you, you got to hope you pick the, the, the one who's going to choose to do the right things and not do the wrong things. And you're gonna have, it's, it, this is going to be one of those times where, man, those interviews and that in-person time was really important because you hope that you the make good decisions. Was- hugely important that's all you got this year that's all you got and by the way when these guys get drafted and they sign on the dotted line the contracts start they guarantee money you got to pay them Mm -hmm. so unless something really weird happens and they don't sign their contracts till training camp 
there's going to be three or four months there where guys are signing contracts and not showing like they're on their own. Like that's a great point, Paige. It's, yeah, it's a lot just, of young guys with a lot of money for the first time in their life with nothing to do. That's exactly right. And uh, it was just, we know, we know how it goes. So it's, it's going to be very close, close attention to what's going on and, and how these guys are handling it. And those character evaluations are probably going to end up playing a bigger part than ever before. Uh, any parting thoughts here? Jake, I'll let you go first. I was a little shocked by this division, to be honest with you. Uh, we broke this down. We gave D, 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 C. Uh, that's because they were all pretty good already. Uh, but none of them, none of them shocked me. I, I mean, they went from a really solid division last year to more like the AFC South. That was my, was my comparison. Um, I'm not overly impressed. I'm a little bit shocked by, by what when we broke it all down, what we looked at there. I'm not, uh, not overly impressed with this division. Jamie, parting thoughts. Yeah, I was just a little disappointed. But if you remember when we did our NFC North preview that we were dealing with a lot of teams with a very tight cap space or the Minnesota's case way over where they had to get creative. So we knew they were basically going to have to run it back with most of the same guys and with a few key losses on, on both sides of the ball. I, I just think to me is it's a fascinating division because it's a three-team race at the top. Really two teams, but I do think the Bears can – I mean, if everything breaks right and things start to break wrong injury-wise for Minnesota or Green Bay, I think they're catchable. Like, I, this division may not be the best division in football. It's not probably going to be in the top three or four. But it could be one of the more interesting ones because I do think those top three teams could be bunched for long parts of the season. And depending on when they're going to start voting on this extra playoff team, I believe next week, depending on when that starts – you're going to have three teams that are going to think they could be at least one of the seven best in the conference, uh, even if they're not going to be winning that division. So it's going to be a very interesting division, even if I don't think it's going to be that spectacular like I think the AFC West could be. Yeah, yeah there's other, one other weird dichotomy here is the worst team in the division has the second-best quarterback by far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the best. He's won. Stafford's 1A. Yeah. Then you're down to, like, I don't know where you'd rank the other ones. The best thing that could happen to Chicago – and I hate to say this because I'm not wishing this for Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a great human being. And when we could, I want to say when we critique people, I'm not critiquing Nick Foles the person. No. Dude is a special <laughs> human being. His that. teammates love him. His locker room loves him. The organization's going to love him. Yeah. The media's going to love him. He's a great dude and great human being. So I'm not wishing this on him. When he got hurt last year, Baker, uh, Gardner Minshew went out there and could fly around and make things happen. That could release Trubisky into being, and that's what could be best for the Bears. I'm not wishing this. Okay, I'm not saying that. Don't get at me with that stuff because I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I got hurt in the NFL. It sucks. But Trubisky having the pressure of, okay, maybe I, I lost my job and now I'm giving it back. He plays with too much on his shoulders. If he yeah, could he play does. freer, mm -hmm. and, and if this is the reason why is what my, my example, if he could play freer, the Bears could take off. They could win this division. He, but they got to play that. It's weird to me that Detroit's by far the worst team, but as – 1A is the second best quarterback. Like, it's a weird division because of that. Trust me. Trust me. I have long, I have long told Detroit fans, please, please, all the time you guys spend bitching about Matthew Stafford, please let him come to Chicago. Please. Oh, man, Matt Stafford please. I just – I don't that, – that is one where I look at it and I go, wow, what a mismanaged opportunity with a great quarterback. Just let's we're gonna look back on that on that whole run of Stafford and it's it's Give gonna Matt be Stafford Chicago's defense. Uh, you oh. literally put Matt Stafford in Chicago and those weapons team. and offensive line. You're you're what, what are you what are you picking there, Jamie? Thirteen <sighs> wins. 
Matt yeah, Stafford's uh, on those you, Bears? I mean, that's... You tell me you give me 16 healthy games of Matthew Stafford on that Bears team right now? Yeah, I mean, they're, we're talking about them as, as an NFC favorite. Yeah. This is disappointing. But that's not the case. But that's no, not the case. My... He has no defense, and they have no quarterback. My parting thoughts on today's podcast are uh, I am now very, very, very depressed thinking about Matthew Stafford and what could be. Uh, Matt, give me a call, man. Love to talk about you being in Chicago. Dear God, I would only, only wish. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? You follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can check out our latest mock draft. That's Jordan Reed. Uh, he put out a great three-round mock that Jamie referenced on thedraftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.